Hey everybody, it's Kyle with Mentors for Military. We are back here at 15 Perry Street. I am joined by Robert Gowan and Sean Jarvis. What we don't want to do here for this topic is we don't want to create enemies. We don't want to create the wrong friends. We just want to kind of discuss where we're at in the world. So we're uh, this is new for us, but we're going to go in it and we are going to not shy away from it. We're going to discuss current events. Um. I'm going to set some ground rules here real quick. We're not here to call anybody out. We're not here to, uh, you know, serve one side or the other. We're here to observe. We're here to call our out our observations. And um, if you guys have anything that you want us to add at home, uh, let us know. Uh, once again, big shout out to 15 Perry Street for partnering with us. And... Uh, Let's start. Let's start here at home. Let, well, well, before you do that, I mean, I think these times, of, these types of conversations are important. I, oh. we, we often have these kinds of conversations with friends, and and it seems like even from the time I was very young, you know, you always worried about whether somebody was listening and whether or not you could talk about mm -hmm. something, even though we live in a free society. And so it's important conversations because by turning your head or your cheek and not paying attention then you might be witnessing something that uh, is going on around you that you're, you're really defining out your bubble. You're, you're, def you're stating that if it doesn't fit within my bubble, it's not my issue or my yeah. problem, but you might be witnessing things around you that you could have had some control over um, and you chose not to. And so, you know, I, I recently asked my mother, um, she's just turned 88 years old, have you ever seen the world in the way it is? Because I don't want to think of the world in a way like um, my grandfather or great-grandfather may have said the same things. Oh, my God, what is going on? You know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to use those same statements because maybe, you know, I mean, they lived through it. 88 years, 90 years, whatever it was when they passed. And um, she said, no, actually, I've never seen anything like this. And so there are things that are going on that are really weird uh, going on in the culture today. Yes, they are weird. Because, in the country. Because they are, they are newer, right? Um, in the world. In the world. Uh, so let's, let's start here. Um, Don't without, get too conspiracy theorists. Without being... Okay, so both of you guys, you grew up, had some Germ Germany experience from mm. you. Yep. You were on the... I was in a bubble. You were on the line, though, uh, your oh, duty station. You were there. Yeah, military. Yeah. Right? Army. So we have this beast that has been... We've been told since the beginning of my career, definitely the beginning of y'all's career. I was Cold War, uh, you're yeah. talking... Yes. yes, and there's this red thing over there that is going to smash us if we don't train harder, if we don't shoot better, if we don't do this thing. But now I want to see your guys' take on uh, the stall of Russia in Ukraine. And do you think it's a true stall? Do you think it's a true tactic? So no shit there I was. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, um, I remember doing a Czechoslovakian shooting competition, mm -hmm. right? So I was a young sergeant, and we end up going to Cheb, Czechoslovakia, and it's got Russian, it's got Polish, it's got law enforcement, military, and it's a true-to-life shooting competition where um, you got AK-74s and you've got a Zustafa 9mm and, you know, you're shooting targets. 
I'm going someplace with this. <clears throat> we go and look at the Czechoslovakian Army training facility, and they've got a tank trainer that is like the Fisher Price, my first tank trainer, right? It's yeah. You sit in it, and it's got like little silhouettes that go across the screen that's run by a gerbil that's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. But the silhouettes are M1s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Czechoslovakian with Russian influence, yes, M1s. My whole career growing up, everything that we were doing when we were fighting had to do with um, high-intensity combat, right? It's direct action, yeah. right? That's what they're calling it now. Force on force. Force uh, on very force. Very symmetric. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're you're doing, like I, we talked about before, screens, forward passes of lines. You've mm -hmm. got the defense, mo um, off, you know, movement to contact, right? Yeah. It's You name it, we're doing it. Herring bones, you know, sagger drills, all this stuff that – implies we're fighting the the mad russian horde so i don't know if that has anything to do with what you just talked about stalling out but what i can tell you is is that i think that that's always going to be prevalent when it comes to our training is you take what we perceive to be one of the stronger forces on the planet and you have to gauge some of your training to whatever their strengths are when it comes to a military yeah I think that doesn't make them necessarily an enemy. I think that just makes us smarter in preparation. Yeah. Because a friend could not be your friend tomorrow. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's in line with what you're going with. My thing is I've always heard that they were just going to blow through Eastern Europe. You know, anytime you talk to somebody, it was going to be, they'll be in, they'll be in back in Berlin in no time if they got off the leash. Right. Ooh, so, so back in the day, I'll take you back and, you know, having served on the East West German border and there wasn't a wall. Um, yeah. There was a high speed patrol road um, in many of the, the passage between, you know, East Germany and West Germany. In some cases there was a fence in some cases there wasn't a high speed patrol road or a fence. Yeah. Um, we do foot patrols. We do um, patrols in, in vehicles. And um, I, I lived um, for a good part of my life uh, while I was there. If I wasn't in the field, I was on the border. And when I was on the border, it was about the size of two football fields in a fence that was just your regular old chain link fence with, you know, like, you know, razor wire above the top of it. And, um, and if you, you know, went up into the tower and spit down it landed in east germany for the most part because there was three borders um there was the there was the line treaty uh that was between the u.s and and uh, germany or russia and um there was then the um so there was like the western line so this is hey this is as far as we're going to go right here then there's the line that was the as i was just mentioning that was from the treaty it was a little concrete stake with a, a line in the middle of it and then there was a, a barber pole, and the barber pole um, was the east. If you go in up to the barber pole, you're in East Germany by about probably, you know, oh, 10 yards, something of that nature, right? So there was a plate, you know, that was on there, and there, there had been rumors um, that people tried to steal those uh, plates, and there was, uh, you know, booby-trapped and mined and everything else. I don't doubt it because there was probably still a lot of mines. But I do know that there was a tower that I sat in, and right below that was a wooden cross made out of um, trees, you know, that was sitting there um, that had a wreath on it that was planted by the city that was down below us. And no one was allowed in the 1K zone. You had to be border qualified as an NCO. 
in order to let anybody in or to get into that zone, you had to be escorted or be border qualified. So this, uh, this town down below us put this there because a father and son tried to escape from East Germany. And um, when they did so, of course, the father was slower than the son, the story goes, if my memory serves me correctly. And as the son approached the fence and started to climb over, um, it was mined, and he fell over into, call it our side, because it was mm-hmm. on this side of the fence, but yet there was still East Germany. And uh, was, of course, you know, partly blown up, but still alive, laying there. Um, the tower that we observed off to the right here in East Germany, immediately the, the border troopers that were up in there came down, got into their vehicles, took off after the father, but they let the son um, lay there. And so, of course, there was Americans and East German, I'm sorry, West German uh, Bundeswehr, uh, you know, German soldiers and everything that was trying to to encourage the young man to, to you know, crawl or come to them as best they could. And of course, he's screaming out um, in pain, and he ended up dying there uh, before they came and retrieved his body. And I witnessed through that time frame, too, that there was always two guys together that would walk along the high-speed patrol road or travel along with it, but there was always one somewhere in the woods watching them, you know, just in case. And the rumor had it that they were never able to travel together um, on in multiple shifts. So the idea was if you became my friend, then you're going you're gonna to probably work with me and I'm going to have confidence in you in case I wanted to escape. And all we had to do was get past the third guy. So they always try to rotate him around. So you'd always see him with different people and everything. I share this with you because having lived on the border, I have two feelings on this. Um, my house actually was in uh, Hopbeber, which wasn't that far away from the border, probably just a couple of clicks uh, yeah. away. And so if I had to go back to Fulda um, before I jump into the rest of the story, before I, if I had to go back to Fulda to get on my tank, I left my wife and my daughter at yeah. my house to go back and get a tank, to go back to fight the battle in the full of the gap. But living there, I walked away with two different feelings. One, it's real. Yeah. And, and it was very real. Um, and you sensed and understood that, um, you know, Russia has a different approach to what they wanted, you know, they're, they're trying to do and, um, and why they feel it's necessary to control countries and all that. And we have allies there that are still there. And that's the reason why the border was there that we separated when we broke up Germany. But um, the other part of it was, wow, we got, we've got lines that have been drawn by people in buildings and they dictate what we do and how we react to that situation. And that was something that became probably very apparent to you guys as well in a combat situation that in all of this, there's a lot of chess moving and chess pieces on the board. Um, But there is no doubt that they are one of the bigger chess pieces and one of the ones closest to us and to our allies that we absolutely have to be very much aware of at all times. Even with the stall over the year, I'm too, I still think it's a more of a tactical decision rather than them just kind of not sweeping through Ukraine and taking everything by force already. It Uh, seems very odd to me that a leader of the KGB at one time or a a senior person from the KGB and and the type of person that Putin is that he wouldn't be a strategist in everything that, that he does. I feel like it's more of a chess move. 
Um, and of course, we're feeding as a country the arms or whatever the money or the the ability to keep Ukraine afloat yeah. uh, and do this, which is another topic that we could get into. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that one's the polarizing side yeah. of it. Right. I wanted to keep it chess. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's always motives behind everything that's going yes. on. And I think that's the most important statement here is keep your eyes wide open on this one. Yeah. It's not over. My thing is like it's the ground's going to dry out. Uh, the T90s are going to start doing what T90s do when they're not stuck in the mud yeah. right, and stuck in the snow. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. I There's a human factor to this. Yes. Right. I mean, we have supplied countries in the past with money and munitions and and we've seen failure uh well we we actually um yeah i had a a guy that i think we later took out that used to be friends or at least we befriended him and allowed him to uh run you know rampant and everything in the country then we had to go in and find him and take him out yeah so the the (laughs) point there is I, i think Within this small group and at the echelon that we're at politically, which is probably at the ground level, maybe even in the basement, there's some political things going on that are driving decisions, right? Yeah. It's I use this analogy. I think my fiance will appreciate this. It's you know, we know people based off of base basically the analogy is is I know you as a neighbor, right? I know you maybe because you've let me in your front door and I know what your living room looks like. Yeah. There's a very small group of people that are your best friends that maybe know what your hallway and your bedroom looks like. But there's absolutely nobody that knows what your panic room looks like or that closet or the shoebox in that back closet is. And it's the things in that shoebox in that panic room that drive our decisions. Nobody else knows that. They think they know us, but you know the facade. You know the thing mm-hmm. that's out hanging in my living room. Or you're playing your first stage, second stage, third yeah. stage. Yeah. yeah. But but nobody but nobody knows, you know, that weird shit that you've got in that shoebox. And that drives the decisions. Well, guess what? The Putins of the world, they've got a shoebox that we don't know about. Exactly. Right? The Ukraines are just trying to figure out what the hell's in the shoebox, man. And that's it. But they've got, and this is my opinion... They've, I think they've just got a drive and a motivation to them that keeps them in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm just saying, just the will to survive. And it's not just the military, but I think the country as a whole. Yeah. You know, I mean. It's the human condition that is built for survivability. Wasn't that long ago that this country itself was doing the same thing against somebody else? Exactly. And we weren't called insurgents back then. No. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Revolutionaries. But let's not go that route. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, you can you can dress it up any way you want to, but um, you know, without taking a side, I think whatever motives are behind those big political decisions, I don't think are based on the little people on the ground. That was my point exactly well, of what I felt at one given moment in time. Wow, I'm just a pawn on a chessboard. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sometimes you can make a large impact that causes a very small ripple in that pond. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, not to the point to where something at a satellite level is going to be able to see it. Yeah. Right. I spent 16 more years after figuring that out. For yeah. whatever reason, I have no idea. But um, well, I thought I was making an impact until I went to uh, TAP or ACAP. Yeah. And I realized I wasn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> what? How so? I, I'm telling you, when people know that you're leaving, oh. Um, oh. your rank is indifferent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, did you fill out that paperwork? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still... 
serving as a sergeant major someplace, you know, so I'm still doing work, but <laughs> yeah, it's great, Sean. We still need that paperwork. Yeah. Oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I was relevant all the way to the point to where Miami beat went through. Yeah. So yeah, you know I, I, mean? I get it. How do we get there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Without getting too conspiracy theorists and stuff, what is very interesting, we've just learned recently the UFOs are really UFOs, and it just seemed like it went right over everybody's head. It's sort of like, eh, you know, no big deal. But for the longest time, we wanted to know, yeah. you know. But once again, that goes back to what we identify as a UFO. So if I say UFO, what's the first thing you think about? One word. Uh Flying saucer. Okay. Two words. Oh, yeah. right. Martian. So flying saucer. Martian. Martian. Yeah. yeah. So we automatically uh, correlate something um, outer world, outer worldly, with UFO. When in reality, it's just an unidentified it's flying object. If we're outside <laughs> and I throw a half a baseball through the air, mm-hmm. and somebody from over there sees it and they don't know what it is, and take a picture of it, automatically that is a Unid- unidentified flying object. Yeah. Right. Um, there wasn't any green people in it. It was just an object that was in the air flying that was not identified. So do you believe in area 51 and, and all the, uh, conspiracy? I mean, geographically, I think area 51 (laughs) exists and I believe that there's, there's some thing I look, I mean, we're talking, what's, what's your, your phone looked like it was about to fall my fault. Yeah. Um, I think. We've all served in a position where we were privy to information that people that worked with or for us were not allowed to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at our, once again, our base level, our little ripple. In yeah. The re- really low level. Like yeah. really low level. Right. <laughs> um, numbers on my LES are really small. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so there's people out there that obviously they know some secrets. I just think that we make such a big deal out of it that it becomes larger than it needs to. Um, okay, so now let's take that to the thing that is a UFO that was flying over that was white, and we don't know what the hell was going on. But it was a balloon. A, what kind of balloon? I mean, they say one, it was a Chinese balloon. What, we one? shot it out of the air, uh-huh. and the Chinese came back and said, "Why are you shooting our stuff down? Yeah. We're going to retaliate." So, so I'm not talking shit. I'm just stating facts. Yeah. yeah. Right so. <laughs> And and we watched it get blown up. It flew across all, all of the United of, States. Yeah, that was the best part. Yeah, me. it was like we don't know what this thing is. Better let it track all the way to yeah. you know Washington D.C. adjacent before we do. Well, Washington, it. Washington, uh, from Washington State, I think yeah. it was where it entered. Right, came across Montana, where where we have a lot of shit underground. Oh, yeah. you know, and everything that everybody knows about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then continues on into the again across other military installations and. Um, it's capturing, I think, wasn't it? Somebody said with the cameras that are on there, the belief was it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 300 mile radius that it could capture with the uh, technology. Yeah. That was they on said it. it was the size of a plane. The stuff underneath it yeah. was the size of a plane. Like the multiple, balloon itself was Multiple huge. school buses size yeah. balloon and something the size of a plane. So what's the so data. what behind that? Yeah, well, like, what, yeah, no shit. So what, what is okay. that about? Now what? Yeah. Right. Um, you want to go conspiracy theory? The real question is, is what are we hiding? What's going on when we see that balloon and then something else is spotted mm-hmm. and then we shoot down a weather balloon, but we didn't know it was a weather balloon, but it was a weather balloon. But everybody oh, was, was it a weather balloon, but everybody was focused on it for 10 days. But what's going on? Then what else that's is happening? What's back here? So what's happening when the Dow Jones goes under and Silicon Valley Bank is now done for? 
Silicon Valley Bank is done. Yeah. Did you hear one about of, that? Yeah, one of the top three, I think it is. Yeah. Done. They're already doing estate sales right now. Yeah. Like, as of today, that's where I was on my phone looking at. What else is going on? Well, that's exactly what I told my wife. I said, when there's something over here, usually it's a diversion for something else going on that nobody's tracking. Yeah. That's literally like a, hey, look at that. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. When COVID's going on, and then we released the videotape of the UFOs. Yeah. The, I mean, like legitimate high-speed things on FLIR. You have Navy aviators that are coming out of retirement saying, I could finally talk about this. They're making it rain conspiracy theories, yeah. but they're making it factual. And people are like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Hey, so about this COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Mind-blowing. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? There's the evidence you've been looking for for decades. And we just blew past that. All right. Have you noticed that, um, like, it, now you've seen the tapes that came out about the Capitol, um, you know, January 6th oh, and everything, yeah. you know, with the um, security guards actually escorting the guy that was, you know, dressed up like he was. And like everything. the Buffalo guy? Yeah. yeah. Into the, the QA non-Buffalo. Not only did yeah. they escort him through, but they took him to a door and it was locked. So then they took him to another door. And I mean, they're, the, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so all of this, when did this come out? Like Just 14 recently. months from the date that it came out. When did... You know, a lot of things, it's it's all about let's let it die. People forget about it. It's no longer in the news. And then when it does come out, everybody's like, eh, it's on page seven of the news. You know, yeah. we don't we don't really care. And if it's that. wrong, the redaction will be on page 14, when, six months later. When's, when's the next presidential election? Yeah. That's when usually the bullshit meter gets. That's where it's going to get great. Yeah. It's going to come out. So yeah. I, you know, I, I love conspiracy theories. I think they're awesome. I think they're fun to think about. Um. I hope we find Bigfoot. <laughs> Do you feel like there's somebody that you think there's like somebody like like a publicist? Like he would have the job of a publicist, but he he were like, all right, we're just gonna drop this one this this next fourteen. Oh, I thought you oh, were you talking talk, about Bigfoot. No, right? you're talking about the director, like the producer. Yeah, right. They've got they've the producer got the, of Life in America. Yeah. that's gonna be like. Well, I don't right, think it's America. So uh, uh, let's go full conspiracy theory. Okay, here we go. Is there a group of individuals? That are making decisions across <clears throat> the entire universe. <laughs> I'm just what? Um, look, you know how difficult it is to. You know how hard it is to change an intercooler on a Ford F-150. <laughs> Probably pretty tough. No, it's not. It's not. No, you're told it's tough, and you're told it's going to cost a lot of money, but it's really not that hard. And if somebody gives you the instructions and the right tools, you can make it happen. Google it. You just have to have the patience. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you're looking at a guy who changed out his own Ford F-150 intercooler, and the, the shit's still running. It's amazing. My point is, is it's not, we make it harder than it needs to be. The government is not that hard. People make it hard, right? Politics is not that confusing. People make it confusing. If you look at politics as it's supposed to be structurally, and you take out opinions and parties and all that other stuff, it might work out the way it's supposed to, but then you put in emotion and we just make it difficult and all this stuff that we talked about before just makes it really, really hard. So we've got the right tools. I think we just got the wrong people. Right. And so it's just, it is what it is. Like if you want to change it, you can try to get into politics because it's not that hard. I've seen people do it. Do you have the patience to do it? 
Yeah. No, that's why people take their intercoolers yeah. to get changed out. Because <laughs> they, you, they don't have the patience to do it and they yeah. want somebody else to do it. Yeah. But when they don't do it right. But what is right? Well, by the book, unemotional, by textbook, right? Yeah. When they do it, you know, institutionally right, socially right. Yeah. Then, then we complain. Well, with the intercooler, I can get a receipt for it, and then you're going to redo the job. With politics, I can't. I'm just a constituent, right? If I lose out or something goes wrong, we've got somebody maybe to cover it up mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever it is. If you want to fix it, then what do you do? You become part of the solution, which is get into politics, get into city governance, get into all these different things. I, I've i started my first step. I am part of the HOA board in my neighborhood. Watch your back, Kyle. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Man, that is HOA. Wow. Talk about a racket. I mean, but it, you're absolutely right. It is very much like a political uh, piece. It's in your neighborhood. Yeah. People know you. I didn't know. You're making the rules. Yeah. But but it's sort of. Sort of. You got bylaws and everything. But so that's that's where we come in. I'm glad. In fact, HOA is perfect when we talk about this because... I thought I knew and I talked a lot of shit about HOAs until I got into it. Mm-hmm. And there is so much more that that's involved, especially in our area, because there's master agencies and all this other stuff that are involved and there's money involved. When money's involved, you chalk that up to a loss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then everything has to come to a vote and this, that, and the third. And that's when emotions become present because it's all about the money. But it's so much more to it than just the, man, they're trying to charge me because I didn't do this. Well, I mean, there's bylaws and there's, you know, there's, there's things in there that you got to follow. And when you bought the home, part of that was the HOA that gave you the bylaws. And they said, hey, before you buy this, are you sure? You realize that you got to paint your shutters, right? All right, Sean, there you go. You don't paint your shutters and now you're mad. Sounds like society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You no, know? it is. Sim, have you ever played SimCity? It's exactly the same thing. I, mean, I, I got about... <laughs> 15 minutes into SimCity and realized you had to pay more money. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you were playing the wrong one. Yeah, just the, like, just the like the old, government. Yeah. The old SimCity was much better because you had to build the roads, You had to build the schools, the hospital and everything else. But what it basically taught you is what you're talking about is that as a society, it's harder to live together when you start um, adding in factors like money yeah. and your basic necessities and who has influence and power over that, yeah. you know, for sure. Politics. And, and I, and I think that's that's kind of what you see within, you know, current events right now. Yeah. So is it that this is the question that I wonder uh, wonder about or I maybe ask you guys. So getting back full circle, is it that the world is changing or is it that the world has evolved so quickly and things are now moving at a faster rate of speed that perhaps what we're observing is just so much it's so uh, it. Uh, in a short burst, like you it think about how long it took us to move a rock or determine that a rock was round or make it round or roll it to putting a guy on the moon, you know, and then you go from flight, the first flight to landing on the moon and then take the last, the technology in the last 15 years and how quickly we've advanced in that time frame. And I don't think we're done rolling stuff out. It's almost like there was a comedian one time that says, I think they sat back there at times and decide, ah, let me let me throw a beta in there and see how that ah, that didn't work out too great. Yeah. Let me throw a you know a yeah. laser disc in there and ah, it didn't work out too well. But then now it's sort of like laser disc, it's yeah. just like things flying off the shelf. Well, you to can't see. control it. Well, we carry around technology with us all the time that continues to advance, and now we're brought into what it 
the next phone comes out tomorrow, everybody's in a long line going yeah. to get it. Well, I mean, shoot, look at the AI that's out there. Was that Chat, Chat GBD? Wow. GBT? Or, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that thing. I think we spend a lot of time comparing what, what it used to be. And, you know, every generation tries to make the same comparison. You know, my parents said my music is crap. And their parents said their music is crap. And I, I, I get that comparison. We're passive when a comparison anymore. Yeah. Right. Your time was your time. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a lot of neon. There was a lot of stuff in the 80s going on. You were weird. The hairstyles are huge. That's gone. Your biggest concern was how much MTV your child Correct. was watching. But I will say this. I've been around the block long enough to know that if you keep your clothes and everything, just put it in a wall oh, it locker. Back it'll circle. all come back. Yeah. 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 Well, I can tell you the football <laughs> players in high school are a lot bigger. Oh, the when? athletes now? are stronger. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you got huge. men looking like Kyle right now that are 13. <laughs> I'm a freshman in high school. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no. um, I, I mean, we can call it evolution. Evolution, right? We're evolving differently, but. Yeah. Be careful even with that word. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Could be like nutritional evolution or, you know, sports science evolution. You, you know realize I mean? that they just, um, they, they took genetically created a new, uh, another, uh, they brought back a dog. I just saw that on the current events. Well, that one, like a, that one totally uh, went like by. Like a Siberian Husky. Really? They brought it right back. Yeah, and it's living right now. Wow. What color eyes did it have? I don't remember. I, <laughs> I was, uh, they had, they lost me at, we recreated this dog. I'm like, man, I got to figure it out I think I read something about that a few years ago, how a lady got in touch with a cloning company, and she's cloned the same dog for like five dogs. Yeah. She has the same dog every time. I got to try to find that article. Because yeah, because I want my dog back. Well, I mean... But then you know it's going to die. I mean, you know well, it's going to die and when it's going to die, right? Yeah, uh, but is it the same dog? I don't know. You know Can what I mean? Can you modify that? That dog has, that first dog had a certain set of experiences that made Fluffy Fluffy, Yeah. right? Mm. So you're just putting the Fluffy label on dog number two, who although is the exact same dog, you know, in, in Jurassic Park, but it is yeah, you a different a dog because you have different, different experiences, right? Well, yeah. It's, isn't it like um, gremlins? Like, would you be the same person if you were cloned without your experiences? I'd be skinnier, a lot sexier. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be hungry as much, I don't think. <laughs> so looking at this whole thing, getting back to the original piece of this about the uh, current events and stuff, is it more of... Maybe we're just witnessing things around us that because of the evolution, because of the technologies of the day, and because of how countries may be reacting to that and maybe re maybe they're looking at their their boundaries or what they want and um you know, and, and it may just be that it's not as bad as it is. Or it could be that it really is, but it's almost like we're going to have to wait this out to see which of the, the version you want to select. I one, I hope, and I truly believe we're going to look back and go, ah, that wasn't that bad. But I bet when you were in 1968, you were like, holy shit. Yeah. What's going on in the world right now? Well, well not, not to be too political here, but how many presidents have you lived through in your lifetime? Well, you don't have to answer that question, but just think about that I mean, a moment. You put us on the spot like that? <laughs> yeah. And we both paused. I was born in the Reagan era, yeah. so. so. Reagan, yeah, here, two Bushes, a Clinton, mm, Obama, and... So you think about that, and everybody always says, this, this person is going to ruin this world. I, You're still I, here. It yeah. might have been ruined a long time ago. Didn't Gerald Ford yeah. do that? Like, wasn't that the point? Like, Gerald Ford so, did that, right? Look, and, and we're still here. I, I think with going off of what you were saying, hopefully I can kind of wrap this up, right? Yeah. In, in a nice little bow. 
based off of technology, the access to information is so much quicker that it makes it seem like at the time everything's falling off the rails. Yeah. Because everybody now has access to a mode of communication and can put that information out there instantaneously. Back in the, the day, in our day, yeah. Kyle Sedan. Hey, he's pointing at Kyle. <laughs> back just in for the day. Yeah. <laughs> back I'm pointing at myself. Back in the day, you had to wait for a news outlet to tell you that O.J. Simpson was in his white Bronco going down the highway. And you had to listen to that at 6 o'clock at night when the news was on Correct. for 30 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and that's how you got your news, or the newspaper. Now, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, whether it's real news or not, I'm going to get some semblance of information. In a soundbite. In a sound in a soundbite, in a video, or something here that's going to influence the way that I think. And most of that is negative. So I think that... Getting back to what you're saying is, is yes, it's got the flavor of negative, but I think it's because of the the access, the accessibility of information. It's more of also then what you what do you do with that information, and how do you react, <clears throat> I, and what do you let control? I think you got to realize that you're over informed, right? Yeah. You got to realize that that sensation that they're trying to elicit from you, or that reaction they're trying to elicit from you, you're desensitized to it, so it's going to get more. It's going to get worse. Yeah. When we start paying people to be influencers yes. on social media, yeah. yes. that should tell you all you need to know. Exactly. Yeah. How many foreign influencers do you know of? By the way, smash that follow button on Mentors for Military on all. Smash, yeah, right. <laughs> all social media. That was a good one, man. We should have left it just at that. You should have dropped the mic on that. Bam. No, I, I think you're right. And I. that's where maturity comes in. You have to know when to do your fact checking. You need to know when, you know, and I've been guilty of it, but now I know better. I look and I research and I do more research, but sometimes I just got to turn it off. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the best discriminator is just to turn it off and enjoy time with my family. There you go.